Thank you for your grace, your love, your mercies. Thank you for the privilege of your presence. The psalmist said, in your presence there is fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Grant us pleasures, even as we delight in you through your word. By your Spirit, guide us into truth, into reality. Bring us into the reality of kingdom life, the truth about how you want us to function here on this earth. Oh, your word is light, enlighten our darkness, O oh God, and cause us to see the path, the path that we should walk. We thank you. Even tonight, as we share your word, that there will be an unveiling of truth. Even as we behold, as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, we are being changed from glory to glory by the same Spirit of the Lord. Provide us with liberty. Cause us to continue in your truth. For you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Father, we thank you for that privilege. Our hearts and our minds are open to receive from you. To learn of you. Bless you, dear Lord. Bless you, dear Lord. In Asura Badakasa Shadi Kepediata Sai, in Ariata Safradigo Sharade Diete Kora Menikesie. Commander, Commander, Commandoze Bredikavanta Sai Kora Bata Savredika Soshadai, Lemantas Hora Barakia Rodon Crevesudamahanda, in a mantra Kovredigo Soshada. Tena Roma Seda Kravasa Shada Ilamando Sai. Bless you, Father. Bless you, Father. Hallelujah. Good evening. How are you? I hope you having a Wonderful week. Um, We've been teaching on how to open heaven. And we shared some thoughts and truths from the Word of God concerning the subject. There's still some things that I believe I need to bring across but I think I'll move the 
last several teachings um, that we should be doing on uh, how to open heaven for next week during um, accord prayer and fasting. There's still some several things we need to teach around time gates and um, and uh, fasting. But I'll use um, the three-day fasting and prayer next week just to focus on these. So I, I, I was praying this evening and just inquiring of the Lord which direction we should take uh, tonight. And the Spirit of God so clearly said, teach on the secrets of Jesus. So I, I believe we are studying a new series tonight on the secrets of Jesus. I believe the vision that has been delivered to us concerning Christianity has been limited by religious dogma and God would have us reconcile our vision about life, our vision about Him to incorporate a kingdom perspective. And I think once we begin to understand the vision of God for for us, his people, for us in this world, we can begin being more effective in our endeavors and also at life. And if there's one person who captured the vision of God for humanity, it was Jesus Christ. If Jesus Christ is real and he is everything he said he was and is, then I believe with all my heart that he is the most successful individual to ever live. And not really in terms of uh, monetary value or social status, but more so in relation to the accomplishment of one's purpose, one's reason for living. Why are you alive? Why am I alive? What is the purpose of life and what is my purpose in life? You know, these are 
questions that have remained with me for for years questions that i've asked myself many times throughout the years and one realizes that clarity of purpose concerning life and living can only come from god it's is it's it's not some something one guesses or stumbles upon it is a revelation that ignites within an individual a passion to live for something and i believe that everybody has been born and has been created by god to live for something so studying the secrets you know the there are secrets to to the unlearned but they are actually revealed truths right he is he's the things the principles the values that guided his life are given to us to learn from and also emulate because jesus is a model is a model for humanity he is who man should be at his pinnacle and who man really should be should be defined by his relationship with god you know even as we will look into some of these things you get to realize that life loses meaning when god is not involved when god is not the at the center of one's life life loses meaning irrespective of what one may have what he might have accomplished if god is missing life becomes vanity and we will learn several things from the life of jesus that i believe you can incorporate as values for your own life because in in his in his endeavor to fulfill god's purpose god's will for his life we we see jesus as you and me are you know sometimes it's difficult for people to reconcile the fact that jesus was a human being he, 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 in spite the mystery surrounding his birth and uh, the miraculous uh, uh, nature of his birth and how he walked and the miracles he did jesus was a human being he 
he was a human being he felt how you feel some of the things you 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 went uh, you, you are going through internally these are some of the things that he felt being born of the word did not exempt him from the trial and trials of being human it did not in any way remove his humanity the bible says we do not have a high priest who cannot be touched by the feeling by the feeling of our infirmity so jesus being who he is is important for us to know that he was a man part part of who he was as our savior must include his relatability to us as human beings so he he was tempted he felt hunger he felt pain he felt all the limitations that you could uh, bear upon the human body jesus christ felt yet in spite of all the struggles that he experienced as a human being the same struggles that you and me experience jesus had problems jesus had issues family issues issues with his siblings issues with his parents he 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 went through every domestic every social uh uh entanglement and relation there was to have so when when we find ourselves in predicaments in circumstances in dealing with our our children in dealing with our peers in dealing with our family members jesus experienced all of that He knew what it was growing up in a family that was not wealthy. He 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 experienced the struggles of poverty. The social uh, uh, struggles, he experienced every single thing. The 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 political upheavals, he was there. He experienced them. He had entanglement he, in with religious circles with religious minds so everything that could be felt and experienced by us as humans the bible tells us that he partook of the same he shared in the same So we should never for one moment disassociate the humanity of Jesus from him because that's what makes him relatable to us and that's what makes the things he accomplished possible also for us 
Because if he was anything more than a human being, we could never, ever attempt or even dare to think of reaching the stature that he had. But because he was a human being, the possibility remains for all. So when you study the life of Jesus, when you look into the life of Jesus, you realize that there is the, 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 the pre-ministry Jesus and there is the, the post-passion and death Jesus. And in every chapter of this Jesus, we have clues, secrets, principles, keys, foundations that he utilized to bring him into success. Let's look at something in Luke chapter 1. So, nothing we feel, nothing we experience is alarming or shocking to Jesus. Because the Bible says he was tempted at all points. He was tempted. All points yet without sin. Then what was the secrets of Jesus? What kept him from sinning? What caused him to overcome? What caused him to rise? above the religious and social structures of his time, what caused him to prevail and overcome. If he, if he was like me and you tempted at all points, there must be something that gave him an edge in life. There, there must be something that gave him an advantage, an edge in life. And the answer does not lie in his divinity. No. No, because, because that would be an unfair advantage. That being human, he could lean on his divinity when faced with opposition. That would make him weak. So we see throughout his life that the edge he had was not his reliance on his divinity. But, but rather in utilizing the resources that God has given to all mankind. And whatever resources those were, they gave him an edge. So he could be tempted and not sin. 
He could overcome the struggles of his time. He could overcome. He could prevail. He could come out victorious. At every trial, at every challenge he faced, he could because there was something or there are things that he knew. The Bible says that God cannot and does not tempt us beyond our own ability to overcome. So whatever temptation comes your way, it is permitted because God determined that it is, it is fit, it is meet for you to overcome. Otherwise, it would not have come to you. So God believes in you. But sometimes as human beings, we don't have access to the knowledge that, that can help us overcome, that can help us become victorious. So we always are weakened or regress at every challenge. Look at the things you have faced in your life. Look at the challenges you have you faced, you have come across in your life. Now, in some way or the other, those obstacles, those challenges, those trials, they changed you. You see, because it, some of those trials, you came out of them, but not victorious. In some of those challenges, you were victimized by them. So the scars remain and those scars, instead of, instead of helping you progress, they become the reason why you regress. They become the reason why every time you face a challenge, you recluse. All of us here have gone through, through trials, have faced things that we thought we would never go through, things that we thought we would never overcome. And while some of those things were not overcome, right? Because, I mean, there are some people that, 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 that still suffer the trauma of their past trials. And those trauma really affect how they even function now. And, and look at all those trials, look at all those afflictions. I want you to ask yourself one question. If Jesus faced them, the similitude, the character, it, you know, when the Bible says he was tempted at all points, is not necessarily referring to the exact uh, challenges, but the character. Just like we don't face the exact same challenges and trials, but we really face the same, char uh, the same characteristics of trials. Ask yourself, if he overcame, why did I not? If he prevailed, why did I not? And, and, and how can I? 
How can I? And this is why I always stress the fact that life is 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 much more than than the church or the denomination you answer to. Life is bigger than that. You see, it's it's bigger than the church you attend. It's it's bigger than the denomination you belong to. That is not life. You see, that is that may be part of life, but that does not that that should not be the entirety of your life. You see, just like many Christians, they build their entire lives. They centralize their entire lives around their denomination. But that is not life and that is not living because God's vision for you is much bigger than that. And sometimes it's important that we realize that so that in our minds we we are we are not imprisoned. And the challenges we face are, are a signal pointing us that there is something much bigger, something much greater in life that you must be a participant of. You are born to become a part of the flow of life. So how do I participate? in this game called life and how can I be as successful as Jesus was? Because there's one thing that this life guarantees and that is trials. Do you realize that life doesn't guarantee success? That, that life does not guarantee that you will make it. But there's one thing life guarantees more than anything is that you will face trials. You will face tribulation, which means that your success in this life is predicated on how you deal with these obstacles, these trials, these tribulations, these challenges that you face. So Jesus' entire life was a challenge. And the complexities of those challenges and how really to overcome them was, is what really leads you to destiny. You, the challenges that come into your life, the challenges that you face are really the pathway, the stairways to your destiny. Without them, you may never realize, you may never reach your destiny. What brought Joseph into Pharaoh's court, what brought Joseph and his dreams to pass was the predicaments, the circumstances, the challenges, the trials that he faced. Without them, Joseph does not become the prime minister of Israel. Without the challenges, the dream cannot come to pass. 
So there is something about life that requires us to understand really how to navigate it. And part of the navigation of life is understanding that life will bring and deliver into our hands, into our paths, challenges, trials, and tribulations. And how to really overcome that requires a diligent study of Jesus Christ. Because his life presents to us the greatest challenges that man may face. And yet in all of these, he overcame. He overcame. And, and he said, in this world you will have trials and, and tribulations, but cheer up. Cheer up. Because I have overcome the world. He, in other words, he's saying to you, if I've overcome the world, you can too. So cheer up. But look at the kinds of people the things we've gone through has turned us to be. Some have become bitter. Some have become angry. Some are harboring injustices. Why? Those are stains. Those are proof that we have not yet gained the edge on life. We have not yet learned enough from Jesus Christ. He says, cheer up. I have overcome the world. If a man can overcome the world, it's proof that you too can overcome your world. Whatever is in your world, the challenges you are currently facing, the trials that you are currently going through, if a man can overcome them, you too can. So you should not look at your life with, with despondency. You should not look at what's going on in your life and the current state of your life. You, you, you should not look at that with hopelessness, irrespective of how it looks. It is overcomable. It, it is overcomable. You can overcome it. You, you just need access into knowledge. You see, we don't overcome the world by our feelings. We don't overcome our trials, temptations, tribulations by our feelings. It is through the acknowledgement through embracing and enforcing the truth. So why am I sharing this with you? So that you can understand that no matter what it is you are going through, Jesus went through. And he overcame.
And if he overcame, we can utilize the same tools that he utilized to overcome. Let's, let's look at um, Luke chapter, chapter 1, please. Verse 26. Let's observe something around the mystery of Jesus' birth. So we're looking into the secrets of Jesus Christ. The secrets that made him a success. Those same secrets can make us a success too. So let's, let's read verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, in the sixth year, I mean, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The virgin's name was Mary. You know, it's, it's interesting. If names, if names mean something in the scriptures, the, the parents of Jesus' name formulate an interesting idea because Joseph's name means let them add, right? Or let him add. That's what Joseph's name means. And Mary's name, interestingly, means to their rebellion. It means their rebellion. It's the Hebrew word Miriam, means their rebellion. So if you, if you take the two words together, it means let him add to their rebellion. <laughs> let him add to their rebellion. And interestingly, the name Jesus is, means a savior. So, God sends an angel to add to their rebellion a savior. Which means that it was no coincidence that God sent or chose Mary to become 
a, a womb for Jesus. Out of rebellion came a savior. <laughs> Out of rebellion came a savior. That's what Mary means. Mary means rebellion. It's strange. Means rebellion. Out of rebellion came Jesus. Amazing. Amazing. The Bible says, can anything good come out of Bethlehem? Yes, it has. Yes, it has. And it is the savior of the world. And and, and having come in, verse 28, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered the manner of this greeting. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. For you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. You will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called son of the highest. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. We are talking about the secrets of Jesus. And the number one secret is his name. <laughs> the number one secret is his name. Unless your name is blessed, unless your name is anointed, you cannot be great. Greatness, success, destiny stems from a name. The origins and the, really the destiny of a man's life is determined by his name. You will bear forth a son and you shall call his name Jesus. So without a name, not only can you be registered on earth, but you have no mold. You have no mold, you have no frame in which to occupy. So a name therefore becomes an essential 
key to who you become. When God, Ethrahana, when God met Abram, he did not say, I will make you great. He said, I will make your name great. No, let's read it. Genesis chapter 12. Genesis chapter 12, uh, verse 1. Now the Lord had said to Abram, Get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you. Verse I will make you a great nation and I will bless you and make your name great. I will make your name great. God didn't say, I will make you great. He said, I will make your name great. Which means your name is synonymous to you. And notice, your name doesn't follow you. You follow your name. Jesus followed his name. His name did not follow him. His name came before he came. You will conceive a son and you shall call his name Jesus. So the name of Jesus was announced before his actual person. Which means that the destiny, the accomplishment, and who you're going to be is on the basis of your name. Your name will make you. So if, if, if we are going to look at the secret of the life of Jesus Christ, the first secret is his name. Because his name is Jesus, he will be great. His name is Jesus, he's the son of the highest. His name is Jesus, he's the son of the Lord God. So, you really need to look into your name. Because the characteristics of your person and your life will be defined by your name. Let's, let's look at something. Genesis. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter Ooh. chapter 30 
chapter 32. Genesis chapter 32. Verse 22. And he arose that night and took his two wives, his two female servants and his eleven sons and crossed over the fort of Jabbok. He took them and sent them over the brook and he sent whatever he had. Then Jacob was left alone and a man wrestled with him until the breaking of day. Now, when he saw that he did not prevail against him, he touched the socket of his hip and the socket of Jacob's hip was out of joint as he wrestled with him. So this was a literal wrestling. And he said, let me go for the day breaks. But he said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. So he said to him, what is your name? Now, it's interesting because Jacob did not go to the man. The man came to Jacob. Which means that the man knew who he was going to. And we know that this man was actually an angel of the Lord. So for the man to ask Jacob, his name is senseless because he he was the one that came to Jacob. So he, he, had, he, had, he had already known who it was that was wrestling with him. And they had a conversation. So he says, what is your name? He's wrestling with this man. And this man is telling him, let me go, the day breaks. And he says, no. And the man turns and says, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. The angel was trying to bring attention to something. He was trying to bring Jacob to, 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 to acknowledge the reason why the blessing. Remember, Jacob had at this time been given the, the, the blessing of the birthright. Isaac had bestowed on him the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham was now on Jacob. But it had not, you can see here, that it was not in full manifestation. There was a hindrance within Jacob that prohibited the full measure of the blessing of Abraham to operate within his life. And the angel at this point in time, when the man was asking him to bless him, the man says, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. At that point, he was intimate with who he was. He had realized that my name, my name is Jacob. The supplanter, the swindler, the heel holder. So the man could not grant Jacob what he wanted because 
the name was a hindrance to the blessing. So he, he was unable to be unleashed into the full potential of his destiny because of the name he got. The name he got did not come from God. It came from the circumstances of his birth. When he was born, he took and held his brother's heel. So they named him Jacob. That was not the name of his destiny. So the person, the person who, who, who imbued the name Jacob could not live out his destiny because the name Jacob was hindering him. Because he could only fit that mold. So the angel asked him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And then listen to what the angel says. And your name shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. Israel means God prevails. For you have struggled with God and with man and have prevailed. Huh. So when, when he changed his name, he could bless him. Until he changed his name, the full import of the blessing could not be realized. And he said to him, and Jacob asked saying, tell me your name, I pray. And he said, why is it that you ask about my name? And he blessed him there. And he blessed him there. So the whole, the whole issue about the flow of blessing, the release of blessing was surrounding his name. Because the blessing that he wanted could not come upon that name. So he changed his name and then blessed him. So he answered another destiny by answering another name. So there are dimensions of revelation within this because the Bible says that God says, I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Why does God say he is the God of Jacob? Why, why doesn't he say, I am the God of Israel? But he still retains the name Jacob. Because it was Jacob that prevailed over God. It was not Israel. It was Jacob. I'm, 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 I'm not sure you understand. It, it was not Israel that prevailed over the angel and man. It was Jacob. So even though the blessing could not fully embody him, until he answered Israel, until he was given Israel, he could not move into the next phase of his destiny. It was as Jacob that he prevailed. So God had an allocation and a reminder that you can also like Jacob prevail into your new name.
<laughs> you see, that your name should not be an excuse for why you are not prevailing. But he says, you, you should prevail until you get a new name because you need the new name. You need it. You need it. As long as Abram is not Abraham, he, 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 he cannot move into his destiny. As long as Sarai is not Sarah, she cannot be mother of princes. She cannot be mother of kings. He cannot be father of many nations. Even though that is his destiny, that destiny will be delayed, will be held in the heavens. So he must prevail and get to a point of encounter with God because that's where the transfer takes place. Simon, you are no longer Simon, but Peter. From unstable, he was, he's unstable. And notice, there were times when Jesus called him Simon. There were times when Jesus called him Cephas or Peter or Stone. Why? Even though Jesus changed his name. Because who you are right now may not be who God wants you to be tomorrow. And that transition only takes place after a change of name. No, it's, 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 it's not a, it's not a, it's not a false doctrine. Let me, let me read you something. Revelations. Revelation chapter 3. Hallelujah. So you, 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 you when talking about Jesus, you, you've actually been referring to the secret of his life so long, so much, and you, you're not realizing it. That the, the true secret to, to his life as a human being was his name. And, and, and he knows his name. When, 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 when he encountered uh, a Saul of, Tata, of Tarsus and, and, and Saul asked him, who are you, Lord? He said, I am Jesus. Whom thou persecutest. I am Jesus. I'm the God who saves. I am salvation. I'm the son of the most high. That's why the Bible says when we praise, it, it, the Bible doesn't say declaring praises to him. It says praises to his name. Worshipping his name. Because your name unlocks destiny. 
Your name unlocks potentials. Your name unlocks blessings. In, in other cases, your name hinders them. Now, the Bible says, the Bible says that the angel told Joseph and Mary, the angel told Joseph and Mary what to call him. The angel told Zechariah what to call John. Which means that before you are born, God had already given you a name. That's what it means. It means that before you were born, you, you already had a name. So in the book of your life, there's a name that God has given you. And sometimes the name God has given you is not the name your parents have given you. So you end up living your entire life, walking through life with a yearning of a destiny that you know you are supposed to be living, but because of your name, you have inherited a destiny. That was not yours. You shall call his name John. You shall call and his name. You shall call. Why? The angel is giving his Why? Why? Notice what the angel does. The angel closes the mouth of Zechariah for nine full months. And the next time Zechariah talks is after he's given the child his name. After he is after he's written down John, his, his mouth was open. Because at that point in time, he, he was what? He was in, 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 in consent with God. If Jesus was not given the name Jesus, he would never be the savior of the world. If John had not been given the name John, he would never become who he was. Hallelujah. You see, part of the limitation of the first man was his name. Part of the limitation of the first man was his name. The, the, sick, the, the, the insight to why he fell and stumbled is linked to his name, Adam. Adam. So, he says, in, in chapter 3 of Revelations, let's read that. He's, verse 11. Behold, I'm coming quickly. Hold fast to what you have, that no one may take your crown. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go out no more. And I will write on him the name of my God. 
and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God, and I will write on him my new name. Hallelujah. So the naming of names is, is a spiritual matter, is a matter of destiny. You destinies are captured in names. If you change the name of a person, you alter their destiny. So if your name is not consistent with the, with, with the destiny, with the preordination of God over your life, it, it is your responsibility. To begin rising and seeking the name. Jesus said he will write, which means that there's a name reserved by God for you. What is your name, Jacob? No longer shall your name be Jacob, but shall be called Israel. That is the first secret to who Jesus was that gave him his edge. His name was, was his edge. His name gave him an edge. Look at Joshua. He had an edge. He had an edge. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Look, 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 look what, what we have done in, in society with, with people's names. How we've abbreviated their names. Right? Imagine calling Archangel Michael, Mike. <laughs> Dear Lord, send Archangel Mike. <laughs> we, 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 we've, we've abbreviated our names. And what we don't realize then in the spirit, we are not calling out who you are. Right? Why? Because we think, I oh, know it's short, it's funny. No. You, you don't find God calling Adam, Ad. Says, Adam, where are you? You don't, you don't hear God saying, hey, Ma, Adam, where are you?
ask yourself, where did this shortening of words, shortening of name come from? Where did it come from? I can, it's, it's from the pits. So I'm going to go to the JP. JP. Hey, JP. I'm going to say, Judith, but yo, Chew. Chew, Chew. It's your responsibility to say, uh -uh, my name is Judith. Kia, we are guy. have an edge you have a shortened destiny shortened life your, your name by slice he's inside hallelujah but the name you answer is important the name you answer is important I remember one day we had come, we, we were having an honor prayer and we were praying. We came back, we came back around seven and I was lying on my bed. I had woken up. So it was around about two o'clock in the afternoon, Saturday. I was lying on my bed and I was just relaxing. I was tired from honor prayer. So all of a sudden, I felt a trickling, a charge come enter my body. I felt electrocuted. And I, I shivered. I, so it alarmed me. And then it happened again. My entire body felt like it was being electrocuted. And I, I shivered again. It happened the third time. With that third time, as I shivered and, and that, that electrocution came through my body, it came with a voice. It says, from this day on, your name is Enoch. And then he began to give me the reason why. So from this day on, your name is, you know. Now, I, I, I don't know how that happened. I, I mean, I don't know why it happened so dramatically. Right? I don't know. Probably because, I don't know why, it but it happened. Right? That's how it happened. That's how God gave me the name Enoch. And he explained to me why. And that's why Enoch comes, when I answer, Enoch comes before 
Bongani. Even though the name I was born with, Bongani, is there's nothing wrong with that name, right? I mean, there's nothing wrong with that name. I mean, Bongani. Ah, <laughs> uh, no, you know, there's nothing wrong with that name. Be thankful, you know. But when God gave me the name Enoch, that's the name I answer. If if you go in the spirit and God speaks to you concerning me, he only use the word Bongani, he use word Enoch. Why? Because that's the name I answered. It's Enoch. You, you look at Saul. When Jesus met him, he said, Saul, Saul. Saul, Saul. Years later, when Jesus met him again, he had changed his name to Paul. Jesus never said, Saul, Saul. He said, Paul, Paul. So he knows when, when your name is changed. He knows it. He knows it. You know, in some of my encounters with God in the spirit, before I got the name Enoch, something strange would, would happen, right? God would never call me by name. You know, the Lord will always say, son, son, son. He never called me by name. It, it always, son, son, son. After, after he gave me the word in, uh, Enoch, many times when he, when he calls to me, he uses that name. And my mom like, Lord, why? Right? The point I'm trying to make is that heaven knows when you have made the switch. So I'm not saying that now you go on a, on, on a, on a naming window shopping. <laughs> you lie in bed and be like, Gadi pizza mahamara. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that at all. Right? Do you call yourself Mary? You're calling yourself rebellion. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you is understand the significance and the edge that a name can give you. You shall call his name Jesus. Hallelujah. That was a secret. That is a secret to his life. You shall call his name Jesus. I trust you are blessed. Good night. See you guys on Friday, 7 p.m. God bless you.